We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's do it. We'll go one, five, four, three, two. What's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast, the Anora Boys in the building. In the building, in this building. Usually you're on the left coast. <laughs> I'm on Lake Michigan. We're in the band today. Together, man. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means... Make sure you do so responsibly. And but it's the end of the spring game, so maybe we get to go a little harder. The <laughs> so guys to talk about harder. today, right? We got some big news left. Some big news. Some it's tears big. might be shed in the bin this weekend concerning the Notre Dame football program. And then on top of that, we're going to show love to the South Bend community coming up during the show. That's right. And we're going to talk about the blue and gold game and what to expect. And some things moving forward outside of that going to fall camp. But it's funny because we were sitting here and we were kicking it with the crew before we got started, right? <laughs> Many we're stories. About, <laughs> we're talking about sleepers. I don't know if anybody out there knows about the game. Nah, sleepers, yeah. if you ever had to be college. born what in the, in the and, 90s for it. So they, you guys didn't have sleepers at Notre Dame? We play, oh, listen, Notre Dame do play different games, you know, because one, we had all boy and all girl dorms so it wasn't even the same where i could just go down to the third floor and see all the girls i had to go across the yonder (laughs) technically you have boy and girl dorms i mean did you really have boy and girl dorms not to play sleepers we had boy and girl dorms but not to play the games you got to be low-key you know like put the sock on the door allowed in the girls dorm no no no. they had to come over to our door that going over there is like breaking into rikers really (laughs) what now, that's crazy. We actually had until 10 o'clock to visit. It's the about, it's about, what, about, they say about 10 or 9, but then it's like, it's like you got to get out at, at that time where it's going to get real hairy for you. So we were talking about, <laughs> we were, the, the crazy thing, we were talking about this documentary of Freak Week that's coming out, right? Yeah. And we we're talking about the difference between cultures, right? And it's very similar to what we hear in football, right? Because they tell you the SEC and the culture of football in the South is totally different than the Midwest and the West Coast. And it's the same thing when you hear about the culture in college, period. Yeah. Like, if you've ever been to an HBCU football game, it is not like a Notre Dame football game. It's just not, right? 
Remember I told you about the difference in cultures at the United Center? Yeah. Like you go to a Bulls game one night. 80% of the people are not wearing no. Bulls attire. You go to a Bulls game, it is a fashion show. You come back the next night for a Blackhawks game, it's kegs in the hallway. Yeah. Everybody's rocking a Blackhawk sweater. It's almost like a frat party, bro. That's it's seriously. Like it's, it's totally different. And see, that's the difference between a Notre Dame football game. I can't wait for the Tennessee State game. That's right. I cannot wait for the Tennessee State game. No disrespect to the Notre Dame band, but it's not going to be close. It's not disrespect. You know it's the truth. And letting you know now, and usually you have to wait for the fourth quarter to hear some tight music no, no, no. at Notre Dame Stadium. Halftime. The Tigers, are, man, the Tigers are going to light it up. And they're going to show out, too. they at Notre Dame Stadium. They're going to bring out maybe a new song. No, unfortunately, they might be down by 40. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, they might be down by 40. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. You know, they love to bring the music because that's how they win. They get their W's through the band, even though they don't take it on the field. That's you know? a good talent, man. They got some talent. We're supposed to be the talented team to where we're not taking no, no slack from teams we're not supposed to. So, unfortunately, Eddie George got to catch a 50-point dub. But, no, hang out with us. You know, you can still be with us everywhere, and, and we can still be we friends. We're going to treat them right, though. We're going we, yeah, we take you to Frankie's. All Tennessee State fans, alumni, please come to South Bend. We're going to treat you right. Yeah. Now you might not feel good around the second quarter. That's just a good, that's just a few feelings. Yeah. That's, yeah. A few that's feelings. just the game though. We <laughs> love you. During the game though, you might feel like you know how we, you like we don't like yeah, you. You know how your grandmother would tell you to go get the switch off the tree. <laughs> Tennessee State fans might feel like that. Like yeah. they were told to go get the belt or the switch and take this. And they coming <laughs> back with the switch in their hand, and that walk is what they really nervous. And then about. they had a nerve to tell you stuff stuff like, I love you though. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the psychological factor that gets you every time. Is this what love really feel like? Yo, Apple Podcast, Spotify, <laughs> in conjunction with C and B Nation and Irish Breakdown. Matter of fact, hit that like button, right? The thumbs up on the YouTube channel. Subscribe. When you hit that like button, it helps us with our views. We greatly appreciate you. When it comes to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave your messages. Leave us five stars. We respond to all messages and questions after the show. We greatly appreciate you, LL Nation. It's because of you that we keep doing what we do. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We give you audio edible every day. Audio edible. We are the home of the misguided passion. You already know. We We spin spin it it different. different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Can we start out with Mike end up being a tragedy? Yeah, it's better to lead with the bad and end with the good. <laughs> According to sources, credible sources, there will be more than likely someone from the Notre Dame uh, football program entering the transfer portal, possibly as early as this afternoon. Um, we received this news and we're given the okay to go ahead and kind of preemptively talk about it. We'll allow it to happen officially before we dig into it too much, but it goes back to a conversation we had previously when we were talking about the staff coming in right. and being very bold and having direct conversations, right? Tough conversations. Like coming in, having committed players in the 23 class, and Dylan McCullough says, mm, I don't think that guy's going to make it. Yeah, I mean, he told the kid on campus as he's ready to commit. No, he's with, already committed. Oh, he's already committed. That's right. And he calls, has a sit down <laughs> with Coach Freeman and his parents, like, thanks, but uh, yeah. And it and, sucks because it's not like he's not. He's a very good player. Yeah, it's very it, good player. Cedric Urban Jr., father oh, play. Running back in Michigan State. Yo, he's four star, solid player, but he's not Jeremiah Love. He's a borderline five star, top 50 player <laughs> in the nation, who ended up committing to Notre Dame. So, and it would have been the same. It would have been the same if we had Richard Young committing, the one that ended up going, to, ended up going to Alabama. Alabama. So it's like, I love the approach yeah. that we're going to get the best player. Yeah. Even though it takes some tough conversations to get there, but I I don't know if I'm about this one. This one is <laughs> when we get a chance to really dig into it, we're gonna talk about that. The standard that has been set by Marcus Freeman, him and his staff, that they're always gonna look to stir things up, right? I mean, apparently they like the WWE, they need some <laughs> some storyline going because good grief. <laughs> and um yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough when it officially comes down, but more than likely a significant individual, a significant player on the Notre Dame roster that might not even participate yeah, he might not in the Blue the and game. Gold game. Yeah. You know, and is more than likely going to enter the transfer portal. And the potential we were excited that the kid had going into this year, having another uh, opportunity with, with his boys, 
you know, not getting side uh, hit from the side from things that could, you know, take him off his path. And I think he was getting on track to being the player we thought he would be, um, you know, the years before. But it's, it's how college football crumbles. Look, you've had this experience <laughs> it's, in it's this very tough. place to sit and make a tough decision like this. How agonizing is because most fans will look at this and it's either going to be black or white. Either, you know, he's selfish or, you know what, good luck to the young man. That's right. Right? But at the end of the day, people don't really understand the process and how painful oh, it is for a young process. man to make a decision like this if it becomes official like we expect it to become official in the next 24 hours. So with that being said, with your experience, you know, what's it like? Man, it's it's a real emotional experience because you, you it's so much to think about. You know, you're thinking about your career and how many years you have left to go to the NFL, which is, you know, was my ultimate goal. But also, right. I'm sure it's a lot of other kids' ultimate goals. So when that's a factor, uh, everything becomes more emotional because you like, there's no right answer. There's nobody that's going to knock on your door and be like, oh, you should just do this and then it'll work out if you do it. It's no right answer for you. In that moment, you have mm -hmm. to go restart the process, disengage and be comfortable with leaving a situation where it's not how you thought it would be or how you wanted it. And I think those expectations you have for places that you commit to, it'd be different if it was just a visit. It was one of those choices between seven or eight different schools. This is a school you was like, okay, I'm going to build out my career here. It's going to be tough, but I'll work through it. Yeah. And when it doesn't seem like it's going to work through it because you're running out of time or things are happening that you can't control, it becomes emotional because you're like, man, I feel all alone in this situation. You know, he was like, okay, the only people I can talk to about it that, that can understand or at least see it from your side are your parents. You can't, can't go to your homeboy and, and Chancey Stucky and be like, tell me tell me the next place to be. Now your mom came up when you were making your decision. Man, my right? mom, it was that serious. My mom came up and we was really trying to hash it out. And then, you know, you're not on the, the team schedule anymore, really. Mm. So that's the other thing. You almost alienate yourself to get your mind right, get your business things in order. So now you're not hanging with your teammates. Yo, so you, you feel like a regular student. Like that? It's not that you get kicked out, but you just don't want to come around a lot, you know. And then, you know, you don't want to run into those situations where you in the goo, you get tapped on the shoulder by one of these random, <laughs> random security guards. Like, hey, uh, you can't be back here. <laughs> no longer. Yeah, you, you can't be back here. So, I think for what the kid is going through, it sucks because he's like, why are y'all not allowing me to be who I, I need to be here for the team? Because I'm sure he wants to have a huge impact on the team. He has a lot of value, I think, he can add to the side of football. But when it doesn't go how you want it, you can't get a clear answer. And then they start doing funny stuff. Mm. You get It's a mix of emotions. You, you, you get mad, first of all. You're frustrated. You're, you're sad because you, you want to finish strong with your homeboys. And you got to do what's best for you. So making that decision is just like, I can't mess it up. <laughs> well, you ain't got that many years. Well, for me, in my case, I had one year left. Now, for other people, you know, that you see in the transfer portal, now they got a couple years. Like Drew Pine got three years. He can mess up again. 
if you wanted to. But man, the transfer portal is like dating in high school, dude. It man, is really never in a relationship. Like you just not you're the way for the next girl to come down the hallway, like, oh snap, who was that? That's right, and that's what it feels like. But it, but at the time before the transfer portal, because when you have one year, it's an emotional thing. When you got one, when you can just get up and leave, it's like okay, I can I, I fell down, I can scrape my knee, I can get up. But in in this situation, I think it's a little more emotionally invested because mm-hmm. of the time spent. But also the potential that I'm sure he saw himself at in this in this uh, on this team this year, but also just moving forward and to not get that chance to feel like you can do it and being jerked around in different opportunities, you like man, it's got to be the grass greener on the other side somewhere. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So we just thought we'd throw that tidbit out there today. You yeah. know, more information will be forthcoming. But as we said before. Someone is going to be entering the transfer portal, according to our sources. And probably get grabbed pretty quick. I would venture to say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they probably have been contacted. Yeah, they're not going to be sitting there too schools. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll have a problem at yeah. all. At all. And, and on our case, losing one, are we going to add one? Are we going to? Are we asking guys to step up, step in? Or maybe guys have stepped up and stepped in where they've That's pushed it led to this. They pushed the timeline up for some guys. So But you can't be mad at that. No, not if you Marcus Freeman. No. Because you that means your future is bright. <laughs> <laughs> the future of the team is bright when my young guys is, is moving the timeline up of older guys. But it it, it should stem a, a, a level of uh, tension in the in the building. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to put it out there now. <laughs> Look, the narrative that might come after that this certain individual might have been a problem and all of that stuff, no. don't believe that crap. Stop. It's not the case. No problems, no issues. Just a very serious key. That's a really tough decision. <laughs> and <laughs> you're a Notre Dame fan. It didn't go the way you wanted to go. You feel the way you want to feel. Keep it moving. Fall camp, 23 season is right around the corner. Man. No time for spilled milk because of the time. To the young man and his family. Yeah, you got you to get moving, man. You got to move quick because you don't want to get into fall camp where you in a depth chart situation because you're there late. Man. <laughs> you know, I just hope he doesn't thing. end up on the schedule this year. I'll leave it at that. <sighs> yeah, I don't want to play him either. <laughs> I don't want to – especially the way he was – Doing in practice, mm. so I mm. definitely don't want to see that for four quarters. So maybe we send them back to uh, North—not send them back, but send them to Northwestern. They like to give us all the players. Ah, lucky lucky <laughs> podcast. You just lost me there. We are broadcasting live from Exposure Studios right here in South <laughs> Man, we appreciate the crew that's rocking with us today. Our crew of talented, uh, anointed brothers, man, that are really blessing us. Nah, straight up. You know, to be able to go ahead and broadcast today and speak to Notre Dame fans. And they got quiet, man. I had one person. I said, man, look, you guys freedom are for breakfast? I had one of them say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that means so he- they must, you know what I'm saying? They must have big plans to stay out late tonight. Nah, straight and up. sleep in tomorrow. You know, because I don't know how many people pass up. A good a breakfast. Good breakfast not, not just breakfast, a good one. <laughs> one where you're going to be like, man, I'm going to have to get a little take home for some for a brunch later or something. You know? So I told you I'm not a breakfast guy like that, though. 
Yeah, you you said you wasn't a, a steak and eggs guy. Steak and eggs is the worst thing in the world. Really? Bro. What if it was a good steak though? Nah, it's just not the right time. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm a down south grits, bacon, eggs, mm. sugar in the grits or, no. or salt man, in the grits. Stop that. Because in the south they use sugar. Sugar in the grits. That's what they use. That's it? cream of wheat. <laughs> They have that in a box. It's called cream of wheat. What are we doing? Grits okay. and salt, butter. That's it. Little pepper. Yeah. Salt, butter, that's salt, it. Salt, butter, They get pepper. fancy. Okay, so that's the same as they putting uh, salt on watermelon. I think that's crazy. I've actually tried that. Oh, my God. I said I why tried it. Why would you? Yeah, I'm like about to it. say, why would you? I tried it. Someone offered it to me. I tried it. And you... Well, I said it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it's something that you wouldn't just snack on. No. No, no. No. Let's snack on this Notre Dame offense. Okay. Because under Jared Parker, or Gerard, as you call him, <laughs> he turned him into a British star. Every time we talk about the new offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, he is under the microscope to see Number one, how he's going to elevate this offense. First and, and most, most would say in his first year, taking over for Tommy Reese, he probably has more talent at the key positions. What's your thoughts on that? How much pressure is that for Jared Parker? I think it would be pressure if he didn't. If he had the situation that Tommy had last year, I think it would be a lot more pressure. You got a quarterback that you that you didn't plan to start the year with that's getting interjected. You lose your guy for the whole year. You you you're not expanding, or you don't trust the receivers that we have, either to be youth or whatever the case is. And the fact that we're force feeding the ball, I think that's a lot of pressure. You think that's pressure? Only pressure when you're expected to win those pressure, big games. It's more pressure when you're dating the prom queen. Because mm. the wolves are all around. Mm. They didn't have a prom king. Or queen at, at quarterback last year. That is true. I don't even know if they have one in the wide receiver room as far as production. We don't have a Charlie Jones. No, they did not <laughs> have a freaking Charlie did Jones. Did not, last and, year. and maybe not now. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie Jones. That's it. He had a, a huge productive year. That's the only reason why we mentioned I want to see where he gets drafted. <laughs> Indianapolis or Buffalo, Green the Bay. Patriots. The pa- he going to land on the team. It seems like a Patriots wide receiver. Him and Mac Jones get things done. Well, the Patriots got a higher offensive coordinator. I've never heard an NFL team going to the season without an OC. They got their DC calling offense. <laughs> what's the most interesting and what's the biggest advantage for Jared Parker? The biggest advantage for Jared Parker is that he has two guys that are very capable. One can't stay that healthy all the time, but he's capable when healthy. Also a veteran in an offense where you're not changing everything. Mm. So that's a comforting feeling. And you got Sam Hartman, who is quote unquote, ready to, ready to package made, ready to play. AKA the savior. This, I wouldn't put it that far, I'm but he's telling you the way Notre Dame fans feel. He going to have to save us in these three games. So if his, if his, his job title, I think gives Gerard Parker an opportunity to say, Hey, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I'm good with TB. And I think he should approach it that way 
Because then it will be fair to fully invest in Sam Hartman getting ready. You know Tyler Bugner's sipping pineapple banana mango smoothies, so he's comfortable with what you're doing. <laughs> Even mention that you're slimming down stuff. So from a getting ready standpoint, that's not Tyler Buckner's issue. Getting Sam Hartman ready is the issue, and it should be um, the, the most important thing that if you're the offensive coordinator, you want to make sure that goes right first and foremost. Now, if you do all the prep for Sam Hartman to get ready, and by week four when we play that big game and, he, and, and we lose and he doesn't do well or whatever the case, I'm interjecting TB the next game moving forward. Because if I'm Jared Parker, I'm like, this is not a one year for me. I'm trying to be here for some years. So I need to be working on the roster. I need to get Tyler Buckner going because I'm really worried about Kenny. <laughs> so Sam Hartman is just a year, no matter how you split it, dice it, whatever you want. Sam Hartman is only one year. And I need Sam Hartman to be good for three games, if I'm being realistic about it. Because honestly, Tyler Buckner can win him eight other games. He can beat a pick. He can beat a Duke. He can even beat a Stanford. Like he darn near beat Ohio State last year. And he darn near beat Ohio State. So if I'm Jared, Jared Parker, I'm like, okay, at least I know I got some sort of a shot caller. Two, I can miss on one and still have something I can save with. So outside of that, the second thing I would be thinking if I'm Jared Parker is how can I elevate the offense, like you said. And it's obvious. It's The thing about Notre Dame's team is we have obvious – Holds the field. It's not like, oh, it could be the running game. It could be the passing game. It could be this. We obviously know our passing game is atrocious. To the, based upon last to, year. Based upon last year and to the standard of the teams that we're supposed to be competing against. We are far from having a Heisman receiver like Alabama and Devontae Smith. Far from it. But we're trying to beat Alabama. So... We're working on making that more explosive, and I think the best part is we have the talent to see if we do got it. What's the bigger story? The improvement of Tyler Buckner or the struggles of Sam Hartman, according to what we've seen? Because of the height of what they was giving Sam, I think people will be more disappointed in Sam not being Peyton Manning on the first game. But it's not fair. It we, is we tried to warn fans. It is fair. He's going to struggle coming from a different offensive system. Different level of football. Being under center. Being under center. Getting used to that. Calling different plays. Having different checks. And it's Notre Dame. It's not Wake Forest. Not Wake Forest. It's Notre Dame. That's a totally different pressure. And we tried to tell people, look, let him go through the process. Don't expect him to be the savior. He's not about to win you games, but he has to be a humongous, impactful call. Yes, we have to be why you win game. We have to point to the the review of the game and be like, I'm glad we got Sam Hart. Absolutely. Because other than that, if it's it's literally not that impact, I don't know why we don't go with Tyler Buckner. He's he's faster, a bigger presence athletically, in my opinion, more of a threat because you have to stop the run game. And you had to stop the pass game. People are not worried about Sam Hartman going nowhere. Sam Hartman told you in the in the clips what was the second, what was it? <laughs> Facts. He tell you where he going down. Facts. He like, yeah, you got me, bro. I was dead in the water. Facts. I don't want my quarterback talking like that on this level. Because if we got a guy that can get away, put him, put him in the game. 
So Sam got to come out here and show for me. And, you know, and, and how it contributes to winning. I want to see accurate third down and long passes completed. I want to see the ball thrown the pass down the field more than three or four times in the game. I'm trying to see the intermediate. I'm trying to see the short game. You know, show me, show me why we got you. Yeah. Don't go out there and make me regret that we lost Tyler Buck. Uh, we lost Drew Pine. It's just a, a ten with a different name. You know, we don't want that. Because if that's the case, rock with Tyler, like we said two years ago, and we would never be in this situation. We might have been the only person. <laughs> We've never been in this situation. From the day Tyler Buckner got the camps to say, "Let him play and let him learn." And eventually, you'll have a championship quarterback. You said that when he got here on campus his freshman year. Because it was the only way to go about it. Because if you don't, you're running the risk of him not developing like he should. But you also have the pride and ego to say he's not a backup. So now you stuck giving him competitions every year, not giving him a chance to develop the right way or have his own offense. So you don't. You, it's a wild card. Now he hasn't been able to stay healthy, which is. The bigger issue, but from a, a relationship standpoint, mm -hmm. how do you develop a relationship with your quarterback doing that? You know, it's his third year and his third year, third competition with a guy who's never had competition. Number one, Sam Harmon went in there, started freshman year. So, look, it's just a lot. You know what's challenging or will be challenging for Jared Parker? Having a oh ooh, man, having an uber talented backfield. Oh man. But having a really good quarterback. <laughs> How do you balance that, man? As a play caller, right? You're an offensive coordinator on the high school level. But how do you balance having a talented wide receiver group up and coming? They're young. They're young. But they're up and coming, they're promising. A quarterback that's thrown for over 12,000 yards on He's the college mileage. level. Got mileage. But the backfield is crazy, and the offensive line is bananas. The offensive line gives you a chance to do anything you want. So I think that's the best part about it. Like, So for you, you think Jared Parker's playing with house money? House money all day. All day. Because first and foremost, you have an offensive line. Two years ago, we saw our offensive line be average. Oh, People we thought were complaining. The world was the over. And what did you say? What did you say? When, said, our, when Notre Dame fans were standing on the ledge about the jump, you said for once in a lifetime, Notre Dame fans get to experience average, an average, college ordinary college football line. offensive line. That's the first. And, and we were about to die. You said we were spoiled. We we definitely we, were spoiled. We were definitely Harry Heastan spoiled. So if I was Jared Parker, and I had the offensive line from then, I would I would be a lot more nervous than I am now. This is how you got two tackles out of first round tackles. Two. Yeah. A center who's who's up for an award. Yeah. And two guards that are very capable. 
Yeah, they have to prove it. They have very capable. The talent is there, absolutely. <laughs> so depth behind them, and then you put behind that a running back group <laughs> that you could just close your eyes and be like, "All right, you up next," and you go after that, and you will get great production. To the point where we had to move a guy who we felt was good in a, at a running back position to a receiver. And the best running back all spring has been a running back that has yet to see the field at Notre Dame. The, yeah, the best running back was the running back that got chose first overall. Yes. And didn't play last bad. year. Didn't play last year. And he has and might not start this year. He's been phenomenal all spring. Phenomenal. And might not start this year because of seniority. I mean, I mean, you, you, it, it would almost be disrespectful to roll him out over Audrey because Audrey can't do nothing but do good. But Jabron Payne is very nice, and I've been telling you, uh, of course, why? Because he's from Ohio, right? It's 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 deeper than that. Were you the number one pick in the spring game? What's that say? <laughs> oh wow, <wait> <laughs> what's that say? I didn't know the number one pick in the blue and gold game had that much weight. Wait a minute. What, oh, what does it mean on the team though? What does it mean about his teammates? I'm not saying. I'm not saying it means so he's the respect of the teammates. And you, but but to not play a snap yet, and you get first pick, it's got to go a long way somewhere. Marcus Freeman was probably surprised. He was like, "Uh, you first? Because guess who was after him? Aldrin." So it would be disrespectful to put him over Aldrin game one in Ireland, because Aldrin gonna be like, "Dang, he ain't got a snap yet." So <laughs> Jared Parker comes out at four wide tomorrow. First play, prop bet. <laughs> Malik is going to say what? I would take that. I think I would take it because I think he would do it to be like, I'm not Tommy. I would do that to say I'm not to show, Tommy. To First, show us a new day. And you could go back to 11 personnel the next play, you know, but just just flash it for us. Just be like, this is what we can look like. A Dion Cosley, a JT, a Chris Tyree. And then a, and then a, 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 a not a tight end. We might even go empty. We might they might even say, you know what, Jabron, you play so well, you gotta play, and then we'll just keep Aldrin just go empty first play. Notre Dame fans are losing their minds right now. Like, okay, now <laughs> you're talking about going empty. That's a little bit too far. That's a little bit too far. We get back to the two tight ends. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast once again broadcasting live from Exposure Studios right here, South Bend, Indiana, talking Notre Dame. We've already discussed some unfortunate news that we coming down the pipeline, talking about Jared Parker and the challenges as the first year. Offensive coordinator replacing Tommy Reese, who's a legacy, alumni. That's the same thing as how you say uh, if Marcus Freeman win a championship in three years, is it better than Kelly's whole tenure? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. LL LL Nation, let us know. Yo, if it goes down and Marcus Freeman wins the championship, is his tenure better than everything Brian Kelly ever did? That's how y'all equating it, fans out there. If, but the quarterback is better than Ian Book by default. By default. And that's the all-time winningest quarterback that's in Notre Dame history. Winningest. Think about that. It's been 35 years, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This fan base has suffered a long time when it comes to championship aspirations. Yeah, that's 100% true. And I think that we're... Closer than we've been in years before. I think out of the 35 years we've been wanting this, I think this is the closest we've probably been. I think the closest. Because that's my opinion. Because we wasn't close in 20. The closest they've ever been, in my opinion, was 15 to 18. Yes, yes. 15, 15 was okay. You're right. 
15 was the the one I knew for sure. If everybody stay healthy, we would win for sure. I knew that was 15. 18, I felt like that up until I realized that their quarterback versus our quarterback, who was better. Yes. And that's the only reason why I didn't feel So basically the saying if Dabble has stayed with Kelly Bryant. We would have won that game. <laughs> Even though I love Kelly Bryant. I saw him in the U.S. That was XFL. Yes, XFL, yeah. And he played pretty good. You know, shout out to Kelly Bryant. But listen. So you think we're closer than 15 and 18? I think we're closer than 18 because I think our quarterback room is better than Ohio State's, Alabama's. Georgia's because they're unproven all around. And I'll say Michigan because we got more than one capable quarterback. Michigan got some guys that are unproven that are talented, but mm. that's that's JJ's room, you know. So the only room I don't think we have a, a, a only room I think we have a worse quarterback room than, or not even worse, mm -hmm. or comparable would be Michigan. Mm. Other than that, I'll take our room over Alabama because Alabama's got to figure out who their guy is. Ohio State has a guy that they like. This is not, this is not what we're used to. This is not CJ. This is not Dwayne. It's not Justin Fields. It's not Braxton. This is like 2002 quarterback. What was his name? Uh, number eleven. Two thousand two. Ball, the ball, white dude. Uh, uh, the quarterback for, from Ohio State when they played Miami. Oh, in the championship. Game. Yeah. That was the last time Ohio State quarterback was Krenzel. Uh, Craig, Cr Krenzel. Craig Krenzel. 16. You threw me off with a lot. Okay, yeah, 16. Craig Krenzel. That's the last time Ohio State's quarterback has Former been. Chicago Bear, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he stay very well, now long. that list of Chicago Bear quarterbacks. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Can you wonder why they fought, fell in love with Justin Fields so quick? I'm telling you, this is, but this is the first Chicago time. This is the first time Ohio State hasn't had a de facto X factor at quarterback. The first time in about 10, 10 11, 12 years. Mm. So, how are they going to respond to that? They ain't used to, because they're used to saying, okay, we can call left, right, up, and down. And our <laughs> quarterback is so good, and our receivers are so talented, they're uh -huh. going to make it look, they're going to make it look right. Yeah. Now you're like, we got to get a game plan for Kyle McCoy. We gotta know his favorite things. We gotta run the ball more. We gotta we gotta strategize a little bit better. That's a lot to think about. Uh huh. And thinking about our game last year, Ohio State really didn't. Ohio State wasn't thinking about us until it looked it looked like the couple weeks before the season started. They're gonna have to start planning right now for us because one, we already know what they got going on. Secondary still hurting. Still trying to figure out the defense. Our offensive line is going to be way better. Our defense is way better. So from a paper standpoint, I 100% believe we can get the job. And it's at home. You saw we did the Clemson at home. We made them look like an ACC team. I mean, they are ACC team. But uh, we put them back in the pot with the other ACC teams. Mm -hmm. You know, they tried to jump out the pot. We put them right back in. You know, so... <laughs> I think if we show what we can do against Ohio State early in the season, I do think it sets a precedent that we got the the only – okay, that's right. The only room I think is a little more talented than us is Ole Miss, but they ain't winning nothing this year. So from a playoff threat, I think we got a great chance of winning it all. Well, I think that's when Marcus Freeman went out and got Sam Hartman, right? Because he felt like if I get a quarterback, 
we have a chance to win a national championship. Now, the fact that he went hard at it in the last year of the format, mm. as we traditionally know it, before expansion hits. Yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, that's the best format it's, for us. It's interesting, right? Because yeah. Notre Dame has no opportunity to be in the top four. Once expansion takes place, the highest they can get is the fifth seed. Because you have to almost recruit different when you get to an expansion playoff system because how it's set up now is perfect for us. We just got to stay the course. And the way the numbers are break down, they're going to give us a chance, a chance in there. Yeah. And then out of the four teams, I honestly believe the four teams that are going to make it, including us, will be three other teams, none of them are going to have a better quarterback room than us. Because mm -hmm. the best quarterbacks in the country are on crappy teams. I'm not going to say USC's crappy, but USC never has a defense. So I'm not worried about them going and having fur further playoff aspirations, even though they have a great quarterback. And then Drake Mays with North Carolina, and what are they going to do? Right. They got to worry about beating Clemson every year. Yeah. So the best quarterbacks in the nation aren't on those Alabama and LSU teams this year. Well, Jaden Daniels, I think, is pretty probably the best out of the group in the LSU, in the SEC. I wouldn't Look, let me tell you something. My sleeper team, honestly, is Washington. Michael Penix Jr., but they but you know the problem with Washington is no, their defense is gonna be much better this year. We hope so. Because if it is, there'll be a playoff well, team. You give me two first round wide receivers, I'm okay <laughs> with that. No, yeah, straight up. <laughs> give me a good quarterback and two first round wide receivers and a good offensive line. Thank you. That's probably the, the most exciting team to watch this year. I think if anything, uh Jared Parker should be taking some plays from up there in Washington. Because I know they got some high flying. They got some, they got a cool offense. I already know I'm about to watch a that offense for 40, in the 50 points. 12 is like Allowing kids to trick or treat in the neighborhood and then just snacking, snatching their bags, like when they're done. Let them do all the work. <laughs> you just—it's just that easy, man. It is that easy. It really—it's that easy to run offense in the Pac-12. So, defensively, though, mm. now Al Golden in his second year, we expect them to be more aggressive, <laughs> right? Because of comfortability, absolutely. But we want him to kind of let the guys play, right? Yeah, you want to – Defensive front is more athletic. Yes. Than what we've had. And versatile. And versatile. Your linebacking core should be more athletic, depending upon the rotation. They are. I'm not even going to say they should be. They are more athletic. From the spots that we part the, uh, supposed to feel, yeah. we filled them. Yeah. Now we just got to put them in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, without question – the biggest issue facing the Notre Dame defense is. Mm. It's a lot of good highlights, to be honest. I think the biggest is the unknown about stopping the run game. I think that would be my biggest because I thought we had a pretty good defense last year, and I thought we had a pretty good defensive line last year. But the numbers wasn't making sense to stick to what the talent was on our side, on that defense side of the ball. So the the not knowing yet until we get there will be the biggest question on are we going to be able to stop the run game like we should? Because everybody else is elevated. I think the passing game, we won't worry about that as much like we have in years before. We've seen our linebackers get better athletically and younger, and all of our guys are healthy. So 
stopping the run game or just being a force in that run game, I think spells, especially D-line, spells for a championship type of season. And we got the transfers. We got the younger guys getting older and more mature. We got the vets that's ready to go for their last year with O'Reilly Mills and that and that sort of thing. So I think it's set up for us to be very, very nice. Yeah. But until we get there, you know, it's still on the outs if we can hold these running backs to under 100 yards a game. You know, we hear about these springtime warriors, right? <laughs> People are like, you know, coming on and being great in the spring doesn't mean anything. Uh, yes, it does. I mean, <laughs> it's practice. I would much rather you make plays in practice. That makes me feel some type of way. Yeah, like, because I know that if anything else, you're going to do your job. Right. So Jason Onye, man, he's been dominating. And people are like, well, you know, can we really depend on him? He said people can't guard him. And not him. No, his teammates, his teammates said, said no one can block him. <laughs> so I don't know what else to say. We told you, this podcast, mm-hmm. that even though they lost a lot of leadership, guys like Isaiah Foskey, guys yep. like Jason Adamiola, Justin Adamiola, to the NFL draft, that this defensive line would be more athletic and would be deeper and better. Because if they were this last year, you would see a lot more rotation. Yeah. You would see a Jason Anye last year. Yeah. But evolution of our talent and recruiting, uh-huh. like our, I can't wait to see Tyson Ford. That's one of the guys I can't wait to see Tyson Ford. But Marcus Freeman understood the assignment. He probably came in, evaluated, because he was already on the defense side of the ball. So he was probably looking like, man, I can't wait to just move pieces around uh-huh. and get some guys. I think he has a huge Ohio State factor influence. That's how we got John Baptiste. I think that's what made it so fast because, you know, usually guys like that are taking tours all over the country. They got 57 schools, one because he's at Ohio State. They just said he committed one day. (laughs) Marcus Freeman was like, "Uh, yeah, you're coming right over here. I ain't going to waste no time. And honestly, I think that helps because that name alone, we get Ohio State transfer. That sounds way better than Northwestern. A pickup. Yeah. I can't even say transfer. That was a pickup. We picking it up. Ohio State was a transfer because it was of equal value. <laughs> you know, we we really got us some some bona fide. You know, these Northwestern pickups, we have been helping them. I mean, we gave a guy a Super Bowl opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I was complaining on Twitter the year before, who was 11? <laughs> when did we get tall white receivers? Who was that? You know, so. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.